0: Welcome to the Authority Hacker podcast, the place to learn field tested, no BS tactics to grow hack your online business
1: and finally live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gail and Mark.
0: So, welcome Gail Perrin. How are you guys doing today? Uh, okay, better go. and better. All right, so let's get straight into it again then, shall we? What is shiny object
2: syndrome? What do we mean by that? I'll let Perrin explain that one. He's a better teacher than I am.
1: Yeah, so shiny object syndrome is the tendency of people to get distracted by new and shiny ideas kind of in the same way like a baby would or a squirrel would in the context of business. Or cat, yeah.
2: In I need a marketing newbie. Right.
1: Yeah, same thing. They're all the same animal basically. But in the context of business, it usually means you've got one project going that may or may not be working. Something else catches your attention, you hear about something else that's working for somebody else maybe, and then all of a sudden you pivot 100% to that one to that other thing and leave the project that you had been working on behind. A lot of times this is because of frustration with current projects or just because of people's personalities, but it really can be a business killer and it's something you have to avoid if you're going to build a
2: good authority site. That's a very good definition. (laughs) Anything
0: to add to that, Gil?
2: Yeah. I mean, there was a blog post by, uh, Shane Mellah, who like before he started Thrive Teams, he's the creator of Thrive Teams, but he had a site called I Am Impact. I think it's still running a little bit, but he had a blog post about that. And essentially what he was saying is like, you are where you are now. So you are at one position, then you see something interesting. So you, you walk towards that. So you move towards that direction, then something else pops up in the opposite direction. So you walk back towards where you were and you walk towards the direction of the other thing and then something pops on your left, et cetera, And you end up just walking in circles and not really going anywhere or reaching any kind of end point. And I think that is what this shiny object syndrome is, is people essentially doing circles, not making progress and then losing motivation and stopping a lot of stuff. And I'm pretty certain a lot of people listening to that podcast have been in that situation and recognize themselves because I get the emails every day and I see people that have that issue essentially.
0: I also yeah. think that the internet marketing community as a whole is somewhat to blame for this. Yes. There's this kind of culture where no one really shares like 100% of what they're doing or how difficult something was. But people are very quick to say, oh, I'm making X amount of money from <laughs> from doing, you know, in this niche. And oh my you know, God. a lot of people, ourselves included, with some sites are, are quite secretive about what we're working on because, you know, the whole copycat thing is another uh, story. But no, it's it's like there's this false sense of, oh, you can make millions of dollars. It's super easy. All you have to do is quit what you're doing and follow this system or, you know, go into this niche. And it's just unrealistic because those people are hiding the grunt work or the grind it was, in many cases, years to, to get to that point.
2: I mean, yeah, these people, they want to, like, get e-famous, essentially. And so, like, if, if you want to get some some attention, you need to say you're making money. And so, like... We know a lot of online marketers and depending on their personality, numbers tend to be exaggerated a lot. Also, most people only claim revenue and not profit. You know, it's like, I could buy stuff for $100,000 and resell it for $100,000 pretty easily and say, hey, I made $100,000 of sales this month. Did you create any value? No. So a lot of case studies work like that. And, you know, essentially that is these marketers making it look better than it is. And as a result people get attracted more to that kind of stuff so it's kind of a side thing but like because it looks so good like that's why also a lot of people like quit what they're doing because they know the reality of what they're doing because they've been doing it and they have a better idea of what it is but this new thing they don't know about it they lack of information and because it is exposed to them in a much better light than it actually is you know by comparison that new thing looks so much better and that's how i think why people drop it out
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's a really especially potent for new people who haven't had lots of success because when you're new and you just start internet marketing, you don't know exactly how things are supposed to work. So if you've got this buffet of business models in front of you, where you have like SEO on one end and you've got like e-commerce, you have guys making money with ad arbitrage, and they all sound easy, but in reality. Because you haven't tried any of them, you don't know that they're all actually really hard. When you try one thing and it turns out to be hard, it's very easy to shift your focus to the other things that are also supposed to be easy. So I think this is a problem for a lot of people. I still struggle with it. But for new people, I think it's especially potent just because you don't have as much experience actually doing internet marketing.
0: The one thing I would like to say is all those business models work and there are people who are successful in, in all of them. So it's not really a case of you need to find the right business model. It's, it's more you just need to pick one and stick with it. With authority sites, for example, well, first of all, there's this sort of Google sandbox. And I guess we'll cover that more on day seven when we go through SEO and link building. But basically, there's a sort of three, six month, it varies a little bit window when you start a new site where you're kind of penalized and you've kind of got to prove yourself a little bit to Google and to the other search engines before they will um, kind of allow you to rank organically as you will. And of course, there's like critical massive links, which you need to build, critical massive content, which you need to build. It's kind of like hazing or something like that in college. You just got to get through it before you're treated normally. With authority sites specifically, that's quite a long time. And you can, if you're not getting that sort of instant feedback, you can, it's really easy to get disheartened and to give up. And to think, oh, this this isn't working at all. It doesn't work. Only when you
2: have success do you
0: actually realize
2: that. Yeah. One thing that you mentioned that is important is it's not about what you picked. It's about you sticking to it. It's like it's very hard to get success right away. It happens to some people. And usually these are the people that you see on these case studies, you read on blogs, etc very often, once again, the numbers are are vastly exaggerated, or, you know, shown in a way that makes it look much better than it is. But also, that is not the majority of people. I mean, we have this community on Notaria Hacker Pro, with like hundreds of people that do that stuff. And, you know, most people are in doing this for years, and a lot of people do well now. But if you ask a lot of these people, their first two or three years were not super glorious. Like they were making a living before like the two or three year mark, but it was not like a a super awesome, great living necessarily. And most of these business models, they tend to really pan out when you invest several years in them. And so if you're changing every six months, you're essentially always at that shitty point, which is not where you want to be.
1: Yeah, you are keeping yourself a beginner, basically. You know, these skills are like anything where... I forgot who wrote this, but it's the the guy who says to master something, you need 10,000 hours. That's a long time, you know. And if you keep switching either projects where you have to do the same stuff over again a second time and you're not learning anything or you're just switching business models for something, you're not building on the skill set that you really need. And it does take time.
0: Yeah, it yeah. was Malcolm Gladwell that, that said that, actually. Yeah. And I think a more sort of real world way to uh, conceptualize that would be, if you think of learning musical instruments, if you want to be good at a musical instrument, you need to spend 10,000 hours or however many years working on it. But can you imagine what would happen if every six weeks you started to learn a new musical instrument? You'd probably get slightly better at learning the basics quickly, but you'd never really get anywhere with any of them because that initial phase is just you know trial and error and there's a lot of failure and you're, you just need to get to that critical mass before you get anywhere let's talk quickly about why shiny object syndrome is such a big danger for newbies because i guess parin you said that you still suffer from it do you want to maybe like elaborate a little bit on that
1: yeah sure so i really try to work on one project at once and i honestly think i'm good at it i think i'm better at it than most people because just my personality is kind of like so determined I want to see stuff finished and finished for me means like earning money, right? So I think I'm better at it than most people. I still, though, I still read internet marketing blogs. I've got a circle of internet marketing friends, many of whom are not doing the same thing as me at all. You know, I've got somebody during this podcast Skyping me about drop shipping, you know, so I'm talking to people and I'm reading these blogs about people having success with different things And now I'm really confident in my own skill set and my ability to learn and apply things. Plus, I've got money to spend. So even as I'm doing new projects, it's also easy for me to want to add stuff on because I'm thinking about growth. I think that's probably a different problem than new people are having, but the point is basically that it never goes away. I think with new folks, it's more of not knowing what works and not knowing what it feels like to make progress despite not seeing revenue, say. So it's a little bit of a different problem, but it definitely never goes away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's this like inherent skepticism that you have when, you know, you buy a course from some supposed internet marketing guru who, you know, has a picture of a Ferrari in the sales page or something, and you think, Oh, yeah, ah, I need to make... get I need to get ours done for the new course. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make all this money in, you know, three days or something. It's it's probably unrealistic. But but even then, you know, if, if there's a more realistic offer, you're always kind of questioning it at the back of your head. You think, Well, I'll give this a go. And you're looking for that feedback. And the thing with uh, authority site specifically, but, but any business really is the feedback loop, i.e. the time from taking action to seeing result is a lot longer than most people are typically used to. So if you work in a job, chances are you get paid every couple of weeks or every month or not long after you actually perform the work and perform the task. Whereas if you start working on an authority site today, then it may be six months, it may be 12 months before you're getting a a paycheck out of that, you know? It's more like an investment
2: than like a job, really. Well,
0: not even an investment because you can track using, you know, like a stock market tracker or something, the value of your investment every day. The value of your site, it's kind of unknown until you... As I said, get past the, the Google sandbox, get past that like point where you, you've you been working on it for long enough. And there's that critical mass of kind of effort that builds up and you actually see traffic and sales and money, affiliate commissions and stuff coming in.
1: Yeah. And if you've listened to our previous podcast, you know that the way we like to build authority sites is by focusing mostly on organic traffic or SEO. And that's even worse a lot of times because if you're doing something like ad arbitrage or e-commerce with paid traffic, you can see results quickly. Uh, with SEO, it just inherently takes time and the way the industry is evolving, it takes more and more time. So I don't know about you guys. I mean, you guys have been in this longer than me, so I'm sure that this was the case when you started. But when I first built a site that started making money, it took three months and now it's taking six, nine, 12 months. Yeah. So, <laughs> the shiny object syndrome is getting worse for new people in SEO specifically because the industry and the way Google works just takes a long time.
2: Yeah, I don't want to brag, but like four years ago, maybe four, five years ago, even, I used to be able to rank sites in four hours sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely, this has been getting longer. I mean, we're we're using different tactics as well. I used to be like more of a gray hat person kind of bending the rules to get the results faster we don't recommend you go that way because usually you lose everything at some point it just doesn't work in 2017 yeah Yeah, exactly back then it was the industry standard not really anymore yeah i think it's also this experience right like we have been ranking so many sites at this point that i'm like okay you know i know how this is gonna go we've done it many times you know we've taken many sites over a hundred thousand views per month etc like no problem. I know that it's really slow at the beginning, but if you've never done it, if you've never seen it, most people doubt their skills, doubt it can happen for them. And that, I think, it's kind of like what also makes that market so juicy still, is that most people quit, you know? Because if most people that start websites kept going and actually were successful, I'm telling you guys, we'd make a lot less money. So in a sense... When you're thinking. So everyone give up now. Yeah. Well, it's more what I tell people is like, when you're thinking of quitting, like you've been, or like thinking of switching, like think about what most people do. Most people switch. Most people go for the next thing. You know, most people drop out. And so when you don't drop out, you essentially can think that you lost half of your competition right now because you kept going and you know there are many this point comes up many times up to a point where you know you're left with not that much competition and then that's when the real money starts happening because you know you are ahead of the people that start today because you've been doing that for like six months or a year by the same time you know the people that start at the same time as you there's only like 20% left or something and so now the money is divided between less people And that is where you, where it gets really exciting. And like, you know, the less people there are, the more people drop out, the more you tend to be able to earn essentially.
1: To build on that too, you can see the shiny object syndrome when you're doing like market research because you're going to run into just hundreds of like medium level sites who haven't grown in a year you can see like okay they got to a point where they were making some money they were getting some traffic and then they moved on to something else so it's not just at the beginning you know when you're looking at markets these sites that have stagnated are all over the place and that is shiny object syndrome
0: yeah that kind of takes us on to this other point which i want to talk about like handling the grind when you first get into doing this stuff there's a lot of things you can learn quite quickly which aren't too complicated and we'll talk about some of these tomorrow but for example you know Registering a domain, installing WordPress, getting your site up, creating a logo. Most people, if you haven't done that before and you have a reasonable amount of common sense, you can figure out how to do that relatively easily. And it's quite a cool thing to, it's like, oh, I learned something new, it's useful. You can see tangible progress in front of you, you can see your website live and, and that kind of stuff. Then it comes to doing content. So, you know, you write a blog post. One blog post, easy, anyone can do that. But the difficult part is writing one blog post every day for six months. It's not any more difficult in terms of the challenge than writing a single blog post. It's just, it's a grind. You can, it's easy to get lazy, bored, demotivated. I always compare it to like multiplayer games, MMOs, because we all used to play lots of them when we were kids. And I think some of us still play them. But Who would that the, be? by the time you kind of mastered the, the basics... It feels like you have this cool skill that you can you can easily do that again. So yeah, I can create another site really quickly. But the tough part, getting from level 20 to level 60, um, is where, where it becomes much harder and much more of like a repetitive, crunching grind, is really the, the difficult part. So I think it's more, it's not the smartest people that are often successful in this, it's the most determined. Do you think I think fair? I
2: understand why there's not that many girls listening to that podcast anymore.
1: yeah i don't know if it's necessarily the most determined people i think that certainly helps i think the common trait which counteracts shiny object syndrome for sure that i see among my hyper successful colleagues is just obsession to whatever they're doing so like they've built a site and they can see in their mind's eye and they are obsessed with getting there And that produces a mentality that makes the grind a lot easier. I think the people who tend to quit are the people who get frustrated during the grind, who don't understand what success looks like maybe because they haven't had success yet. And so a grind to them instead of an investment that's going to pay real money down the road feels more pointless. Yeah. Determination I think helps, but beyond that, the hyper successful people are the people who are obsessed.
2: Yeah, I think okay, there's that. Yeah, I think there's also a bunch of lazy people <laughs> mm-hmm. and procrastinators who, who like the idea of making monies on the internet and not having to have a job and telling their boss to fuck off. But like if you want that, you also need to have a certain amount of discipline with yourself. Like essentially we used the freedom we had and did nothing all day. Well that podcast wouldn't be here. Like, I'm quite tired right now, <laughs> and uh, and honestly, like, I would love to go sleep, but I'm doing this podcast, and, you know, that is kind of like the self-discipline that is going to be required for any kind of entrepreneurship, not just authority size, etc. But a lot of people, you know, live in the hype and like reading the articles and sharing them on Twitter and, you know, sharing some kind of Tony Robbins quote on their Facebook feed or whatever, and, and really never do any kind of work. And I think the people that do well is the people that can support the work. And that's also part of why, and we'll talk more about the authorized system, but part of that program, when we talk about the niche research, like... I do the more advanced niche research part and I, and one of my arguments for like doing a bunch of grunt work on this before you even start the website is like hey if you can't even handle the research there's no way you're going to keep going with that site anyway so I want you to do a bunch of the grunt work before you spend any kind of money so that you avoid Uh, At least wasting your money can prevent you from wasting your time if you drop off, but at least I prevent you from wasting your money. And so, yeah, just know that it's work, you know, and it's not because you don't have to work that you shouldn't work.
1: I think the laziness is maybe a symptom of just the type of people who are going to Google passive income, you know?
2: (laughs) How do I make money doing nothing? And then it's like, right. well, actually, it takes work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah,
0: that's a really good point. So sorry to butt in. I just wanted to gonna... say something quickly. Uh, we have a it's like a live chat thing on on our site from some of our sales pages and Authority Hacker. And at least once a day, we'll get a question, which is, how can I make $100 per day? Or how can I make Without investment, without time,
2: without nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but just usually just that's the, yeah. qu- the, the question. And it's not like, oh, how do I start a site? How do I do this? How do I get involved in this? It's, uh, they just
2: want the money. And like, that's the wrong way to think of it. I think the best one I've had on that chat was, how do I hack PayPal? That is oh, like yeah. I mean, direct to the money, you know. <laughs> they think that's the word "hackers" in here um, in
0: our domain name—that we're some kind of shady hacking site. No which, problem. We're like, sure not.
2: Let us show you how to hack a bank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, Perrin. What were you saying before I really interrupted you?
1: Oh no, I was—you basically finished the thought, but you know, just that passive income and the lifestyle that's associated with internet marketing attracts brilliant business people and amazing entrepreneurs. We see these people all the time. It also attracts highly lazy people who don't want to work. I think just the nature of the industry is going to attract both types of people. So,
0: yep. That's a good point. So in a second, we'll get on to talking about specific ways in which people can avoid shiny object syndrome. I know we've covered some already, but we, we sort of have a list of things to go through. But I want to start by going through, asking each of us to go through an example from our own careers of a time when we've suffered particularly badly from shiny object syndrome. So Gail, do you want to start?
2: Yeah, okay. I think it was uh, November or October 2010, so it's been a while now. <laughs> I started a site called eDatefinder because I found a cool theme on Team Forest. Like I heard a lot about the relationship niche. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll do that. And I had first of all, I did zero market research. I had no idea if it was a good idea or not. Because well, I was lazy back then. And also I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. And also I had no money to spend on that website. So it meant grinding every single article and everything. So what I did is, the little money I had, I spent on buying that theme that costed something like $45. And I got really excited. And once the theme was installed, I was like, mm, I need to do content now. So I actually took from my savings to buy like 10 articles, which was a couple of hundred dollars. I was literally like a fresh graduate back then. So even a couple of hundred dollars was quite a lot. And then boom, I ran out of money that I sh- you know, should be able to spend So what I did is I started getting lazy and also, look, you know, I was not, like, I am still not a native speaker. My English was probably a lot worse back then than it is now, even though I make still plenty of spelling mistakes. So what I started doing is back then there was this kind of like article spinning. So essentially it's taking someone else's article and using synonyms to make it unique content and try to rank in Google. And well, guess what? It didn't work out. And, you know, I stopped and essentially started a new site that also failed. So that is an example of what happened. All right, Perrin.
1: I think I have one good example, but I want to quickly run down just a few of the things that I had done before I ended up with a site that was successful. So I started a nursing site way back when that was kind of based off of Spencer Haas's model. That site had, I think, 10 articles and like some Web 2.0 links. I started a democratic voting poetry site that I wanted to make money <laughs> off of, which amazing is amazing. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, just the worst. What, what did you ago. drink
2: before you picked that niche?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, w- I was a poet, so I was very idealistic back then. Okay, you know? sure. And obviously, I didn't make any money. And then I had a website that was ranking for a brand name that wasn't remotely related to dating. But what I wanted to do was sell this dating ebook. So I wrote and sold a dating ebook. And that made I think $18 and fifty cents. But while I was doing all these like if I look at the effort that I put into those sites before quitting and moving on compared to what I'm doing now. It's like maybe one one thousandth of the effort, you know, 10 articles into Web 2.0 links, uh, sitting in a coffee shop for five hours and writing an ebook and trying to sell it or buying a theme and using, like, user-generated content for this poetry site. There was no effort. I was just throwing stuff at the wall for a weekend and seeing what sticks, and, of course, nothing ever works that way.
2: I just wanted to say, like, that is one thing that I probably should have mentioned earlier. That was one thing that I've been thinking about is I think a lot of people that, you know, tend to be changing projects all the time, they do it because their projects are not ambitious enough. It's like yeah. you know they're aiming to make even a hundred dollars a day. It's not that ambitious. Yeah. You can make a lot more with proper sites and and you know all of us do here and so one way that you should Definitely one thing that you should definitely look for is not very ambitious. Like you should be not aiming to build a site that just covers your expenses. You should be aiming to build an actual publishing company or a real big site in your niche that, you know, is seen as a reference, can hire employees plus pay for your living plus, you know, have a profit after that. And when you have these kind of like ambitious goals, and if you've never built a website, that sounds crazy, but if you're ambitious, then there is, you know, there's something bigger after and like there's a vision you're running after, which I think prevents you from running after these other opportunities.
1: Yeah, that's actually a good segue into, I think maybe my best example of shiny object syndrome. This is way back when I had a penny shaved. If you guys have been following me for a long-ish time, you'll know that I did a public case study over at Niche Pursuits where I had a site called A Penny Shaved and at its height, it was making three or $4,000 a month. It was my first site that ever made any real money. When I had that site starting to make money and I had some, you know, for the first time in my life, a little business with some capital to reinvest, what I would do is I would kind of poke around. I would I would start working on a penny shaved, thinking maybe it could perhaps be bigger. But then I would look at other niches and get ideas and, uh, you know, think that there might be more opportunity in bigger markets or markets with more rabid buyers. And so what I ended up with was a penny shave that was doing okay, which was like three or $4,000 a month, and then five other sites that were making like 100 or $200 a month. Yeah. Where if I would have just stuck with a penny shaved, and if it was White Hat, of course, because that site ultimately got slapped, but if I would have just stuck with a penny shaved, I'm sure I could have gotten that site to double its revenue instead of spending all this time on other tiny projects. So big example of shiny object syndrome. And I think it really cost me over the course of, you know, four or five months, maybe fifteen or twenty thousand dollars.
0: Right. Well, uh, my example is pretty much the textbook example of giving up not too long before you're going to be successful. I started the site neverflyeconomy.com. It's Someone else has the domain now. It's something else now, but uh, it was like a travel hacking blog, like frequent flyer miles, all that, all that kind of stuff. And this was where I, I had one site before this, a couple of years before this. But this was this was back in two thousand nine, and this was kind of where I learned SEO and learned all the WordPress internet marketing stuff. And within a few months, actually, like three or four months, I got to the point where. I was having like 100 to 200 visitors a day, and I'd written an ebook. It wasn't particularly good, but uh, it was making a few sales, like a couple sales a week at most. So I was making like 100, 150 bucks a month in month three or month four, I think it was, from this, this ebook. I was doing all the sort of gray hat link building that I learned on forums and stuff, but the trend was up. But I was just looking at it, and I was getting sort of Hassled by my family, I was like, "Oh, you know, this is never going to work." Blah blah blah. And I'm not going to say that was the main thing, but I definitely let that influence me because I know, like, looking back at this, that this is the kind of site that six months beyond this, if I'd kept working at the same the same effort that I put into it, that it could have actually gotten to a point, certainly within a year, where it would have you know sustained me at least. I think the main reasons that I gave up were that I. I didn't have enough feedback. I was able to see the, the number of visitors per day slowly rising. But I, I was really looking at it. It's like, oh, today I got 101. Oh, but yesterday I got 110. Oh, it's, is, it, is my traffic going down? You know, like th- these were just such small numbers that I wasn't really able to interpret them very well. And then a classic thing happened. I heard someone making a lot of money in this sort of relationship dating niche and then just dropped everything and started doing that and just let the whole learning process let the whole link building let the whole content thing go for an everfly economy and it uh ultimately failed. So I think understanding when you're doing well and understanding the the sort of feedback metrics that you can get is just crucial because so many people I see give up months even weeks
2: before they actually start to to make a decent amount of money. Anything else? No. I mean uh, that's the story. We should talk about like how to avoid like what people should do which you know, a lot of it's going to come from the stories, etc. we shared. But I think the first one is pick one model where you see people make money, where it looks credible, and stick with it. Like, a lot of people try to learn from many sources. And I'm not sure it's a good idea. Even if that means you go learn from whoever else and not from us, then Uh, that's fine, but like you should definitely stick to, to one model and not try to be creative or anything with it, at least at the beginning. Like once you really get it, you can check other stuff, but otherwise like stick to one thing and don't like just give yourself a year essentially. And until that year has passed, no matter what happens, you're not allowed to switch. I think.
0: Yeah. I think if you're following someone else's model or system or another guru or whatever at the moment turn off this podcast gonna and keep say working that. On, on that. Like, Don't take what we're doing. Don't switch. If you're halfway into that approach and you already have your site up and you're doing various things according to a different structure, one of the worst things you can do is just drop all that and think, oh, these authority hacker guys know better. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But yeah. the, the, you're shooting yourself in the foot by uh, you're basically throwing away
2: most of what you've already done. So We're going to wait 10 uh, seconds for everyone to shut down the podcast right now.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <goes> off traffic. <laughs> Damn it.
2: I um, kind
1: of like to think of this as, or like maybe a good analogy is say you wanted to be a computer programmer. The best thing to do is go learn one programming language really well. You don't learn 10 programming languages half assed. And the same is true, I think, in internet marketing. You have to learn, you have to master one thing first before you can really start moving on.
0: I think to build on that, start one site only don't start 10 sites or don't start 20 sites don't even start two sites there used to be not too too long ago it used to be quite common for people to start what they would call niche sites which are kind of like a lower version of authority of an authority site but using very gray hat seo techniques and not really updating the content very often the goal would be oh let's make a couple dollars a day from this site but then let's start 100 sites that just doesn't work anymore from from a link building SEO perspective. But if your energy is dedicated to to doing that, you're just never going to build up that critical mass that you need in in like links and content and all that stuff on one of your sites. So I think starting one site is is one of the most crucial things as well.
1: And that's not to say that you should you know, only have like one business model or only confine yourself to one narrow niche. We have a system called the Authority Site System that starts you out that way, but the premise of the way we like to do things is starting small, starting narrow, mastering one set of skills, but then using that site that you already have to build a bigger business. So... Don't want there to be any confusion because one site doesn't mean that you have to be small because sites certainly can be huge, big businesses. And learning one skill set doesn't mean your site only has to do that one thing. It's just a place to start.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's like if you need to have one thing that's successful before you look at something else, like rather than you can only do one thing. If you're already successful with one thing, then yeah, you can add up and add complexity as much as you can manage. But, you know, until... You have success with one thing, then stick to doing one thing essentially. Another thing as well, which is going to be completely shooting yourself in the foot again is don't jump on the next online marketing blog post that comes out or forums or whatever. Like don't tempt yourself. It's like, it's like being on a diet and buying a bunch of chocolate at home. It's like, it never ends well, you know? I personally just read things that I need to read, like when I'm trying to achieve the next thing I'm trying to achieve. And, you know, if that means that you don't read our next blog post, the uh, parent's are going to be very sad, but it's fine. If that's not what you need right now, then don't do it. Don't tempt yourself, essentially, because that's our job as publishers to publish more content. And, you know, we shouldn't have to wait until like everyone is done with what they're doing, because otherwise we'd never publish. Although that is what we're doing. at the end of this year right now but yeah it's just read what you need don't like uh, all the like online marketing hype etc like i've liked this community for a while but the truth is my best progress periods are when i don't read too much actually
0: (laughs) Yeah, this kind of comes back to the opportunity overload thing we talked about earlier. It's that if you're constantly watching new videos or blog posts, podcasts about online marketing, and there's all these new techniques and tactics and opportunities and systems and structures in, in place you're just not going to have enough time in a day to, to follow them all or to implement them all. It's just a big distraction from what you should be doing. And
2: I know a lot of people that just read and then end up not working because there's too much to read, you know? So... Yeah, but they can quote <laughs> every internet marketing guru and what they've been doing this year and how much
0: money they're making and all this kind of stuff. That's basically um, reality
2: TV, but less well-produced, you know? Yeah, kind of. Anything to add, Perrin?
1: No, we we do have another way to avoid shiny objects, syndrome listed in our notes that I totally disagree with and I want to address. (laughs) So one of the things we have listed here is accountability buddies. And I've always hated this idea. And you guys, please feel free to argue with me. But uh, I ran into this with one of my students uh, who I I was helping build the site. And she basically was like, you know, can you just check in with me every week to make sure I'm doing... You know well or like I can check in with you and I was like look if you don't want to do this don't do it it's like like losing weight you know nobody ever lost weight because their friend called them every week at some point you have to make the decision to just do it and one of our other points here is that
0: I, I actually want to counter that point sure, yeah, uh, yeah. I think are you finished with, with talking about it or
1: I mean that was a gist basically that he's mad You made it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think (laughs) personal responsibility plays a part in, in getting through the grind. And, you know, and I think there is certainly a place for support and like having friends and being part of communities of people who are doing the same thing. But I don't think anybody should really be holding you accountable for your process and your work than yourself. But yeah, please argue.
0: I think so it's very easy to want to start something and take the first steps. Like how many people this week are joining a gym because their new year's resolution is to, to lose weight. But how many people are still going to the gym in March and April and May for the same number of, of days or the, me, putting me, the same effort me. in? <laughs> I mean, there are people obviously doing it, but 90 something percent of people will, will quit. And it's not the help that people don't need help in deciding they want to do something they need help in staying the course and not jumping off the wagon in six months time or in three months time and it's very easy to when you have one bad day or you know it's cold outside or it's raining or something you you don't go to the gym that one day and then just all falls apart because no one else is you don't have that support system in place and no one else is holding you accountable. But if you know that every week you have to call someone or, and, or even better, you're going to the gym with them. But if you know, every week you have to call someone and explain that you haven't done it. It just, even if it gives you that extra five or 10% motivation to go outside and, and get there, I think it's totally worth it. And in many habits that I've tried to, to start, it's been super useful for me. To have this, and it was not also just having someone call. Like in my case, I had this thing where um, so I, I went to a dentist a couple of years ago, and uh, she told me I had to like start flossing my teeth all the time, which is super healthy, by the way. Everyone should do that. But I knew that was going to be a, a tough, tough one to do twice a day. So I, I said to my buddy, like, "Look, I need to do this twice a day. Every time I don't do it, I'm going to do- donate fifty dollars to some charity, which I really hate." like Scientology or something like that. There's two times I didn't do it, and so I had to pay a $100 to, to this charity, and I was like, it really pained me to do that. So I was honest with them, and there's a level of trust that you have to implement there, but I wholeheartedly buy into this system of accountability, but was, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, so so far yeah. we've yeah. lost the girls, we've lost the people that read other blogs, and we've lost the Scientologists. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who's left. I mean... Th- I don't really use the accountability stuff. I guess, like, Mark is my accountability buddy. Like, if I don't walk, he's just going to kick my ass. But, you know, I can understand, like, the gym analogy. Yeah, but I can understand why it's, it's useful. It really depends on your personality. And ideally, you should not need it, but it can help in some cases, I would say.
1: Yeah, and I think maybe while I still disagree wholeheartedly... Maybe a good version of that that I could get behind that has helped me in the past is like a mastermind group, you know, a group of like five or six people who are all kind of starting in the same place, all kind of doing the same thing. And you just get on a call every week and you report your progress because it would be exciting for me to tell them what I've done that week, the ideas that I had, see kind of what they're working, see what they thought of stuff, you know, because you don't want to walk in there with nothing. So but of course, I think the lesson here is just do what works for you.
2: Yeah. I mean I literally know people that like do that kind of stuff just to look good to other people. So for these people it's like it's the kind of stuff that uh, having the accountability is like through their crowd as well. So sometimes also if you can't have that one person is like announcing that you're gonna do this project to like your Facebook feed or something, like people will ask you about this after and that puts like some kind of peer pressure on you that kind of like pushes you to get more done, I'd say. Like if you if you go on your Facebook feed and you're like, hey, I'm gonna lose 10 kilos in the next six months. You know, people are going to ask you when they see you, etc. So I think, I think an alternative to that would be like claiming your like intention publicly or like to people that you are hanging out a lot with.
1: Yeah. And there are systems like proven systems where this has worked. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that like diet website where uh, everybody gets in a group and then you put their money in the pool and like you have to lose a certain amount of weight and only the people who actually lose that weight get a cut of the money so if you lose the weight you end up taking the people's money who who didn't lose weight yeah so and it works for a lot of people of course there are always winners and losers but yeah you know so it can work
0: okay yeah there's a whole like psychology thing we're we're getting into there I, i don't think we have time to go through go through all of that but one thing I did want to say is that the sort of time you need to sink into into this, you're starting an authority site. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh, three months, six months, you get start getting some traffic. That's true. But you need to commit to working on this, on your model, following your system, following your approach for at least a year. And I think you need to say you're going to work on that every day, at least for like an hour or so. I mean, everyone. Everyone has can spare an hour a day to, to do that if they're if they're determined to change their lives. Of course you wanna spend more more time when you can, at weekends or certain days that are quiet or whatever. But if you're not willing to spend an hour a day for a year, then Chances are, I mean, there will be people who are still successful without that. But I, th- I think that's a really important or a well, kind of good benchmark.
2: You've got to consider that, you know, other people are willing to do it. If you're not willing to do it, you like, you know, you are in competition with everyone else starting a website today. And, you know, those who put more in will get more out, essentially. It's that simple. So, so you've got to also ask yourself, like, am I at least in the average in terms of what I'm putting in? because, you know, the guy next to me is putting like five hours a day and some of his savings into it. So, and that is my competitor. So you need to at least put in enough to be competing with that.
0: All right. So I want to turn this around just quickly to finish up here and ask you guys the question, when should you give up? Because we've said, oh, you got to keep working, you got to keep working. But, you know, all of us have have had businesses we've you've given up, and in some cases, at least, I think we were right to do so. Or we should have done it years earlier. In our case, Gail. how do you decide when you should give up
2: or change? Uh, you know what? I'm giving up right now. See you later. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's like because you know, as we said, like and as Perrin's story illustrated very well with a penny shave. You know, working more on something that already makes money is pretty much every time more productive than starting something new so giving up is essentially starting something new and going into a different direction so if you're not making money I think you should stick to that one-year rule if you are making money it really depends how much money you're making if you're making like 50 bucks a month it's really not that much like I would almost put it in the no money category if you're making a couple thousand dollars per month then It really depends on like what you have in plan for that website and like if you have ideas of what to do etc but very often for a given website what you can do instead of starting a new website is add a new business model on top of it so if you have been making money with ads then maybe you can look at affiliate marketing or you can make look at selling your own products that's what essentially we call stacking business models so really it's like if you're out of ideas or it just You need too much resources, too much time. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough money to to do these kind of plans you have for the site. That is when I would give up. If you're not making money, like give the whole project at least a year with one hour a day, then you still need to weigh the pros and cons and look at what you have, traffic, et cetera, even if you're not making money. And then, you know, if all of that is like, no, 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 then do something else. That would be my answer.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, and uh, you know, we kind of planned for this section is to talk about the times we've given up. But for me, honestly, all the stuff that I've have given up on, I feel like was earlier in my career, and I've gotten better at sticking with stuff and kind of making it work. But I think there's a good example in my life, and I can't share the site or the person, but I can tell you the general idea about when he gave up, and I think is maybe even a little bit too late. But he started a site. It was in a broad niche, and he had like three or four categories, and they were technically within that niche, but they were all kind of unrelated. So the site was very general, had very good content, but unrelated content, and he didn't do a great job building links. And after 18 months, that site was getting 100 or 200 visits a day and making like 10 or $20 a month. And at that point, at the 18th month mark, is when he finally decided to give up and move on. And I think that was maybe even a little bit late, but probably still kind of in the margin of error for the right time to make the right decision. And he's off doing other things and he's doing really well. But that one project, you know, it did take about a year to start seeing that it was going to be a quote unquote failure.
0: Yeah, it's difficult for us to say when you should give up as well, because generally for I think the three of us it would be more true to say well if it's not working find out why it's not working and fix that and I think we would probably be able to to do that like having some having the amount of experience that we do but for a relative newbie I think if you're you're working at 18 months and you have you know 100 200 visitors a day and you're making 10 20 50 bucks a month then you should probably give up at that point and uh maybe not start a new site with the same system, but maybe t- take a different approach or a different business model or a different type of online marketing if that one's not not working for you. But as we said right at the start, they all work. It's just you're doing it wrong if that's if it's not working. Mm-hmm. Guys, just before you go, I want to quickly remind you that we are running a free training webinar. The first one is going to be this Sunday. That's the 8th of January at 9 p.m. London, 5 p.m. New York. And there'll also be one on Monday the 9th of January at 10 p.m. New York, 8 p.m. West Coast. So whichever time zone works best for you. The title of the webinar is how is the exact techniques Perrin used to turn $2,000 into an authority site worth over $200,000. It's going to be awesome, full of new stuff, new tips and tricks, everything you need to get started. So if you are thinking of starting a new authority site this year, Please do come along. You can sign up at authorityhacker.com forward slash webinar.